With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Little touch. Wheeler trying it. What a goal from Claire Wheeler. Her first ever international strike. And it's one for the picture book. And this is Henry Hoare. Big chance for Brisbane. Hoare buries it. A double for Henry Hoare. Three for Brisbane. It's a dream opening night at Suncorp. Now Traore has space. Can the victory add another before the halftime break? Bruno Fornaroli with the Rebona. A half of his wildest dreams. Nestor Irakuna. Welcome to the global game for Paramount Plus. The A League is where stars are made. Every round, every game, live only on Paramount Plus. Here are your hosts, Alex Brosk and Simon Hill. Yes, hello again. The global game back with you for episode three of the new campaign. And safe to say it's been quite the weekend. Goals are plenty, record crowds. And the debuts of eight teenagers across an increasingly youthful competition. Alex Brosk and I will discuss it all over the next two hours. Here's what's coming up. The Matildas smashed the Philippines in front of nearly 60,000 at Optus Stadium. But where are they all every week? Alicia Carnavas gives us her views and we'll hear from Claire Hunt, who's just signed for PSG. Adelaide United hit the Premiers for six. Four Naroli's four goals salvo and the return of the Raw. We'll review all the round two action in the A-League men's competition. Talking of which, the Wanderers earned the right to be called Best Western. We'll speak to two-goal hero, Lockie Brook. City win the Manchester derby. Go on, but Spurs go marching on. Spencer Pryor will tell us whether we are set for a real Premier League title race. And can Sam Kerr and Matt Leckie win the AFC Player of the Year awards? Paul Williams will wrap up all the goings-on in Football Asia. It's all to come between now and 10 o'clock on the Global Game here on SEN. I almost messed that up. <laughs> That's as excited as I've ever seen you. Yes, it. well, it's been a good weekend. Yeah, it's been a good weekend. It's been a very good weekend. Good to see you, Broski and Alex Moltinoff. How are you, chaps? You're good. Right, good, good. I'm yeah. excited. Isn't yeah. it just when you have a good weekend of football and it just puts you in a good mood yeah, for the rest of the week? It's so good. And he's going trick or treating later. Exactly. <laughs> Got my outfit on. No, I went earlier. <laughs> Put it out of the way. Uh, Broski, uh, those eight teenage debutantes. Um, They're is out that the as way well. For- yeah, yeah. <laughs> There should be a bed by now. Uh, is that the way forward for the for the competition? It seems to have sort of come on through necessity, really, because mm. the 
the clubs haven't got too much cash. No, that's right. And COVID sort of just seemed to reset a mm. lot of uh, the way clubs thought when it comes to promoting youth. And I think it's great. I think it's made the league um, better in watching the the. Um, you know, it's made it more exciting as well. We're, we're starting to see youngsters. It's helping the national team. We're starting to see them go overseas as well. All in all, you've got to promote your youth. You need to give these players a chance, um, and it's been great. Can I swing it another way? We're starting to see the the maturation of the A-League Academy. Yes. That were only set yeah. up, you know, in the last yeah half a decade or so, and finally have players who have been coming through the same school the whole way, and we're starting to get a better quality of player. And, and I think the best thing of all is that over the last two seasons, we have seen 16 players in each of the last two off-seasons sold to European clubs overseas. Now, they're not all, you know, Man United or Real Madrid or Barcelona, but even so, and it's raked in $10 million in terms of transfer fees this year, that feeder system is starting to work a little bit, which is good. It's good news. Mm-hmm. Um, on the flip side, Mulchie, your blades got smashed again. Now the joint worst start to a season in Premier League history. Do you fear for your side? Uh, I'm sort of looking at Derby's record very, very nervously. <laughs> um, yeah, look, we sold our two best players on the eve of the season. Um, we, I, I fear we're about to become the new Norwich because we're, we're not going to pile money in because it nearly ruined us last time. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it, we could become the new yo-yo club. And to be honest, I wouldn't be too upset with that. Getting yeah. to have a, a year of Premier League football every other season isn't too bad. It's going to be a long, hard season, yeah. you fancy, for Paul Hackingbottom and his blades. Uh, we'd love to hear your views. 1300 01 1170 is our number. You can send us a text 0457 736 736 or you can tweet us at Global Game SEM. We have got so much to get through tonight, so let's get on with it with Starter for Five. Here we go, Broski. Question one. Australia withdraws from the race. This happened today for the 2034 Men's World Cup. It's the logical thing to do, or Saudi Arabia needs competition, not just to be waved through. Uh, Look, I think they definitely need competition, uh, just not from us. I think as a sport, we can't afford to have another failed bid, so I think it was smart on our part to pull out. Um, But look, I mean, on the flip side, right, we know how much politics and corruption is involved in these decisions, so... We need to start playing the game. You know, let's pull out, let's back the Saudi bid. And, you know, Danny Townsend's working over there at the moment. Let's get him to infiltrate and work some magic and butter the right people up. Infiltrate. Exactly. (laughs) I I mean, he's there and then he can help influence. So the next time Asia hosts, that they come supporting Australia. Well, look, to be fair to Football Australia, they have, uh, okay, they've withdrawn from this World Cup bid today. But they've also put forward a very strong case for the Women's Asian Cup in 2026 and for the FIFA Club World Cup in 2029. Now, if we get both those events, I think the Women's Asian Cup yep. probably should happen. Mm-hmm. The Club World Cup may be a little bit more 50-50, but can you imagine the likes of maybe Real Madrid or Man City yeah. or Barcelona, Bayern Munich, whoever it is, uh, along with the big South American giants playing in that expanded tournament in Australia in 2029, that would be fantastic. It would be, and and you'd think then the next logical thing is to, if we've hosted all these amazing Mm. tournaments, and no doubt we'll knock them out of the park just like we did the Women's World Cup, and it will be the best ever, then we deserve to have the World Cup for the men at some point. Uh, Question two, Molchi, the Matildas record crowd, cause for celebration or their absence from the club game should be a cause for consternation? 
Huh. Uh, both. Can, can <laughs> yeah. I say that? Can of I course. go that way? So, you know, it's obviously great that we're having this monumental moment. The Matildas are now a brand, well, probably in the current moment, above the Socceroos. They'll at least be level with them, I think, into the into the future. Um, as always, it's how do we get them week in, week out? And mm. that's the question we've never been able to answer. So um, until that changes... Uh, not much will change. I'll tell you the other question that needs answering is where they're going to play the next round of qualifiers in terms of home games. Uh, see MCG, today that, Simon? Well, Taylor Swift and Pink are doing gigs in some of the biggest stadiums around Australia. Uh, so that might rule those venues out, which again underlines the needs for football stadiums, doesn't it? But anyway, I can see that the MCG is being mentioned. Yeah, OK, it's the biggest stadium in the country, but uh, for me, it's a no. Anyway, that's just me. Uh, question three, Broski. Performance of the week in the A-League was Adelaide for sure or I'm going with the Wanderers or the Raw? Um, the Wanderers and the Raw, very impressive. Both very good wins, uh, but hard to go past Adelaide, I think. That demolition of you know what's been the best team in the country for the last few years um, mm. was impressive. The way they went about it, uh, the young players just stepping up and playing fearless at the moment. It's such a good style. Um, and like always, I, I guess we wondered again how Craig Goodwin's departure would impact the club. You know, he was their best player by a mile last year. We're not even talking about him. It's so, that forward Nestori. Incredible, incredible. Yeah. The more game time he's getting, just the, the more he's living up to that uh, potential that he's got. Yeah, we'll talk about that more in our A-League review later on in the show. Question four, Mulchi, the uh, National Second Division announcement is imminent, although I'm told it won't be this week. We'll see. Uh, the competition needs to start in 2024, or it should only start when we know what the game can afford. The latter. We we, we need to get it right. Yeah. So as long as that takes, as much as I'd love it to be starting in March when it's meant to, uh, and if it does, great. But we can't afford to get it wrong. So yeah. as long as that takes, as long as that takes. The mail is is that uh, the FA are speaking with the clubs that are involved in the process and just drawing up the final agreements, all that sort of stuff. So there might be a bit of a delay before uh, we get the final announcement. Question five, Broski. Man United hammered in the derby. <laughs> Sorry. The Ten Hag era has failed or they've been through enough managers that ship has sailed. If they get rid of him, which they shouldn't, then it's it's absolutely failed. I, yeah. I, I don't think he's, even at this early stage, built on, on last season, which was seen as a, a step in the right direction for the club. But, um, look, I don't know. I, I heard an interesting chat between Gary Neville and, and Carragher and both talking different things. I mean, Carragher questioning the style of play this season, you know, under Ten Hag and, and that he hasn't seen enough there. But then Neville blaming the uncertainty surrounding, you know, potential new owners coming in, the football department being wiped out and, and just the, the toxicity that's being caused by that. There's just so much uh, on the field, off the field that's going wrong. I, I don't know. I don't I, I don't think getting rid of Ten Hag is the, no, is the I, right I thing. No, I totally agree. I think things won't change at Manchester United until the owners change. And the owners seemingly were going to sell and have now had a backflip and are staying. So... Uh, I, I, I can't see it getting much better whilst that status quo uh, remains. If you've got any thoughts on any of those topics, give us a call, 1300 01 1170. Send us a text, 0457 736 736, or tweet us at Global Game SEN. Uh, we're off for our first quick break. On the other side of it, we'll talk about uh, that record crowd in Perth for the Matildas against the Philippines in the company of Matilda's gun young defender, Claire Hunt.